Come on, now, the most electrifying man entertaining all of you. It's over. You don't appreciate the rock, so this is the last time you will ever see the jabroni beaten. No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, pie eaten. Best in the future, the present, the past, because I come to entertain you. You don't appreciate the rock. You can all kiss the people's ass. Look what these idiots have done. The rock's going to leave us. Don't and another thing, how about this? And listen to this. The Rock will tell you this. The Rock will tell you this right now. What? Wait a minute. Oh, look! Oh, my God! Look! That's, that's him! No, wait! Where is he? Next, eh? Oh no! You're next! What? Oh, oh that's the Logan! Over just fear the rock! Ruthless aggression! gentlemen welcome once again to the ruthless aggression era podcast the only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us the master of fugonomics and today with wrestlemania firmly in the rearview mirror we've got returns and debuts all over the place with raw turning into nitro a little bit and smackdown going back to the 80s as always i am your host dave and joining me is absolutely nobody but do not worry mike and cj have just got a few things going on but they will be back in time for backlash so without any further ado let's get into the first episode of monday night raw since wrestlemania now get the guns the drugs from my generation
is March 31st, 2003. We are at the Key Arena in Seattle, Washington. Austin opens the show and he comes out and admits that Rock was the better man last night. He wants the Rock to come out and shake his hand. Instead, we get Uncle Eric and he's suspicious of Austin's motives. Apparently, Austin is a vengeful bastard and he has a secret. His own doctors are telling him that his back is all screwed up and he wasn't cleared to wrestle at WrestleMania. Nothing like a bit of medical mumbo-jumbo to start the show, but hey-ho. He wants to wrestle regardless, but Bischoff fires him for medical reasons. So our first match of the night is Triple H with Ric Flair going one-on-one with Hurricane, who's still getting that slight little push, but he just he keeps losing every single time. It looks like he's getting somewhere. End of the match comes with the inevitable pedigree in a 3 minute and 59 affair. It was a Triple H's standard sell for the guy who isn't a threat and go over clean in the end. Uh, it was what we've seen from Triple H against the people like Rob Van Dam, people like, well, the Hurricane. The Hurricane is somebody that, for me, he keeps getting in these, like, we, we spoke about WrestleMania. The Hurricane had the feud with The Rock. He was quite instrumental within The Rock's um, TV stuff with his build-up to Austin because Austin wasn't on TV that much. So Rock kind of needed something to do. And Hurricane was that perfect person. His promos back and forth were brilliant. Um, and as we get to see, he does get a little bit more involved with the main event as it goes on. But it's not the Hurricane. He, doesn't, he deserves better. He deserves a lot better. We go backstage, and RVD, he gets a rematch for the tag titles, but it's a small catch. If they lose, they've got to join Team Bischoff. Uh, Rob, probably being high as fuck, probably not caring the world. Of course, he's not bothered. Kane, he's not quite optimistic as he's, uh, as he's good little pal. And then we get Scott Steiner versus Christopher Nowinski in a 2 minute 33 squash. Uh, Nowinski, he's got his protective face mask on. He has not to be hit in the face. Uh, you're going against Steiner, mate. You'll be prepared to be hit hard. Our next match of the night was Booker T against Chris Jericho. Uh, the match ends in DQ around two and a half minutes after Ric Flair runs in. Uh, Jericho and Triple H then start to beat down until Shawn Michaels makes the save. It looks like, again, we're going to get some form of Jericho, Michaels, Booker T, Triple H for backlash. Um, if they return the jobs from WrestleMania, then I suppose that'd be a good thing. Uh, but you really do have to wonder why the click had to get their wins at WrestleMania. We got Jeff Hardy, who is still incredibly lost on Raw's mid-card. He defeats Stephen Richards. Uh, Jeff is pounding away on the corner, but Victoria trips him up. Uh, Trish makes the save. Jay allows Jeff Hardy to get the swans on uh, for the victory. But Jeff is so lost. He's, he's involved with this love angle with Trish. Um, but if the best that they can do with Jeff Hardy at the minute is stick him on meaningless matches with Stephen Richards. And, oh, Jeff. Jeff, go, maybe go to SmackDown, I don't know, but it's not working for him on Raw at this minute in time. We then go backstage where Test is on the phone to someone who's not his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's not supposed to go on sale tomorrow, but yeah, I see you pick it up. Oh, baby, you look good, good, good. Let me tell you, that's one of the best spreads I've ever seen. It's going to be really hot. Uh, you got the wrong number, never call back it. Hey, God, you look good. Thanks. Yeah, you Who are you really talking are. to? Um, nobody. I wasn't, wasn't talking to anyone. Why, why, why? Did you hear me talking to somebody? It, no, I was just asking. It was, the wrong, it was just the wrong number. Like, wasn't talking to anybody. No big deal. Wait, you don't believe me? No, I just asked a question. Well, hey, I can't believe you don't believe me. Like, I'm proven. Go, go. Hey, hey, I just got to tell, man. I'd say nothing. No, no, no. You were here the whole time when I was... When I was on the phone, you know when you were sitting here and the wrong number called when I was sitting right here? Oh, oh, oh Stace. Yeah, I did actually hear that. It, it was wrong number. You have nothing to worry about. You knew! Tori! Tori! Well, sir. You were talking to Tori? No, no. I wasn't talking to Tori. But what were you talking to Tori for? Exactly. You've got a good guy here, you know? I mean, what else could you want? You know, he just wants to say your 
Playboy, Tory Wilson, and Dabara. Coming with Tester gets caught by Stacey Keebler calling Tory Wilson. He tries to get Goldust to back him up, uh, but Goldust grasses him straight up with his Tourette's gimmick. See, it works, the Tourette's gimmick. It does work on a limited level as long as it's restricted to, like, comedy skits. Um, what annoyed me was when it's used with main eventers like... Uh, like Triple H when they were, him and uh, Ric Flair were mocking it. But comedy skits like this, that worked and it was absolutely brilliant, genius segment. Uh, meanwhile, The Rock, he promises the dejected production staff that there's a big party for The Rock later tonight. And then we get Kane and Rob Van Dam. They defeat the Dudley Boys and Chief Morley and Lance Storm in a three-way elimination match to win the World Tag Team titles in 12 minutes and 58 seconds. So it is time for Rock Appreciation Night. Um, the crowd seemed very 50-50 on him. Uh, you get dueling Rocky Chance and dueling Yusuk Chance. Um, the Rock does various things to try and get the crowd to boo him collectively. The Rock declares that his career is finished because he's done everything. And indeed, here is Goldberg. Probably the biggest guy in WCW that didn't get bought during the invasion. And like many, many, many of WCW's top-tier talent, they all joined WWE after the invasion. But Goldberg is finally here. We've seen the promos. We've heard the rumours. We've read the dirt sheets. It looks like going into Backlash, we are going to get Rock versus Goldberg for the first ever time. Uh, now, it is a shame that Christian is not sat next to me because we all know Christian is quite the mark. But we'll save that for Backlash. You're next! So we move on then to our first episode of SmackDown since WrestleMania is April the 3rd. We are live from Washington. Your hosts are Michael Cole and Taz as usual. And what is with that George Michael goatee on Michael Cole, by the way? And yes, after a thrilling WrestleMania, let's amp up the full ride with Stephanie. We get another The Show Must Go On rah-rah speech as the incredibly serious injuries of both Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar are basically brushed off in favour of the hype for a tournament for the number one contendership at Backlash. What a caring boss young Miss Stephanie McMahon is there. So our first quarterfinal in the number one contendership is Rey Mysterio versus The Undertaker. The Undertaker gets the victory of the last ride in around three and a half minutes. And he shakes his hand with Rey Mysterio afterwards, giving him the rub that Jeff Hardy got. And probably propelling him into the top of the card in the process, just like Jeff at the minute with his mid-card match against... We see Vince backstage, he's looking for Hogan, and he asks a security guard to inform him the minute that Hogan arrives... And our next match was Brian Kendrick getting the victory over Jamie Noble with the slice bread number two. And after the match, Matt Hardy issues a challenge yet again to Brock Lesnar. Champion versus champion. Now, somehow, I can't see how Brock Lesnar would make the wait for the Cruiserweight title. But hey-ho, let's make it happen. Book it, Vince. We get some highlights from the Brock and Angle match at Mania. And to further show the sensitivity of the company, they show the bot shooting star press from several angles in slow motion. And our next match is a quarter-final match of Chris Benoit versus A-Train. Uh, Benoit gets the finisher with the cripple crossface in around six minutes. Uh, they're still booking A-Train like an unstoppable monster, but the fans don't seem to buy it. And you're getting this weird clash of philosophies between the bookers and the crowds as a result. It was like when WCW booked Meng, if any of you can remember Meng, as this no-selling killer, and the crowd just viewed him as another jobber. Uh, and as a result, his matches where he'd get tons of offence, uh, but it just bore the crowd because no one believed he had a hope-in-hell chance of winning anyway. And that's the same problem with A-Train. And another next quarter-final match was John Cena versus Eddie Guerrero, and John Cena gets the win with the Death Valley Driver that's still not really got a name apart from a Death Valley Driver. Now, if, if they put Cena over Undertaker here... I, that's, that was my thought process straight away. You, 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 why, I don't I don't understand the logic of any of this tournament. Granted, I know they've got to with the injuries, etc. But I don't understand the logic of this tournament whatsoever. We've now got John Cena versus The Undertaker. Elsewhere, Hulk Hogan and his cronies arrive. Uh, it's kind of sad that he's gone from being backed up by Hall and Nash to being backed up by Jimmy Hart and his son. 
And Tori Wilson joins us to celebrate a Playboy cover shoot. The fact that someone in creative would come up with an idea that insipid for a segment in the first place is bad enough, but it gets worse because she says to the audience, would anyone like a sneak preview of what's inside Playboy? And now she's about to unzip her top. What do you think? Would you like a little sneak preview of what's in the pages of Playboy magazine this month? Are you sure? Here we go. What? It's the return of Sable, Miss Rena Mero herself. Now, obviously, this is um, the same Sable that only back in 1999, after she left the WWE, she filed a $110 million lawsuit against the company, citing allegations of sexual harassment and unsafe working conditions. But they're that unsafe that not four years, she makes a return. And um, looking not a day over 75, I might add. Uh, she gives another brainless interview in the uh, only voice that's screechier than Stephanie's, as I and millions of others struggle to remember why she was ever on TV in the first place. And then she kisses Tori Wilson. Because by God, Vince will get a lesbian storyline on network TV through Hello High Water. Our next match of the night was Team Angle versus Funaki and Tajiri. Um, the House of Pain gets the victory for Team Angle in five minutes, which was a decent little affair, um, showcasing the moves of Team Angle. That was kind of the main point of that match. And it is time for our main event, and just like the build-up to WrestleMania, our main event on SmackDown consists of Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan. You don't have any idea how difficult it is for a man like me to accept defeat. You have no idea how a man like me has to deal with the humility of that defeat. I don't like the taste of it. But I'm a realist, Hogan. You know damn well I'm dealing with the reality of the outcome of our match. I'll admit it, you beat the hell out of me. As a realist, I accept that. Don't like it, I accept it. And as a realist, I want to put it behind me. I want to let bygones be bygones. I want to turn the clock back 20 years if I can. Don't blame you for doubting me. But somehow, somehow if you can find it in your heart to forgive me, then just maybe one day we can be friends again. What do you say? I had that coming, I guess. If I was in your shoes, probably wouldn't blame you. Wait a minute, Vince. If you're serious, if you're serious, brother, Guts. They fought it out at WrestleMania. 20 years in the making, this big man was mad enough to admit he 
was not the better man at WrestleMania. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Cut the music. Hold on a minute, Vince. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you and thank all these Hulkamaniacs for all the memories. That's cool, man. That's real cool. Quite frankly, that's all you people have is memories. Because you're looking at that man in a wrestling ring for the very last time. What? What is he talking about? Hogan, I told you at WrestleMania. What I say? I said, I was going to kill Hulkamania. Guess what? I have, and you don't even know it. Yeah. You beat me one, two, three. But Mr. McMahon never loses, pal. Oh, yeah. You're on the shelf, Hogan. And let me tell you how it's going to go down. You see? Vince McMahon is going to honor your contract. I'm going to pay you every dollar you've got in your contract. Yes, I am. I'm going to pay you, Hogan, to stay at home. That's right. I'm going to deny all these Hulkamaniacs the privilege of ever seeing you ever again. As a billionaire, I don't give a damn what it cost me, Hogan, because you got to recognize one thing. With you sitting at home during the entire duration of your contract, Hogan, you're gonna rot. Yeah. Hulkamania is gonna rot day by day by day. And your Hulkamaniacs are gonna forget all about you because they're not gonna see you, Hogan. And after it's all said and done, and your contract is finally up. You know what? Not only will Hulkamania be dead, Hulkamania would have died a slow, agonizing death of leprosy. And if you don't like what I've said, Hogan, I'm waiting in the parking lot for you. In the parking lot? No chance. The man is calling Hogan to the parking lot. Come on, hey! Come on, Hogan! Come on, let's go! Come on! Come on, let's go! Come on! Come on, get ready! I'm gonna smear you in the gravel! Come on, Hogan! Come on! Come on, Hogan! What's the matter? Oh, what? Come oh. on, Hogan! Let's go! Come on! Dad, please, get in the car! Come get on! Get in the car! Is that Hogan's son naked and straight Jimmy Hart? Hogan, I'll tell you what. We're gonna park the scene here, okay? We're gonna let you have the privilege of getting in your own car and getting the hell out of here and out of my life. Let him through. Get in the car. You're done, pal. You're done forever. Dad, I told please. you. I told you I was gonna kill Hulkamania. Dad, please, get in the car. Come on. Get in the car, Dad, please. You get in the car before I kick your come ass on, in front of your on. family. Get in here and get out of here. Dad, come on, Dad, please. Get in the car. 
my life! Forever! Come on, Hawk, come on! Come on, Hawk! Take your damn bags with you! Come on, Hawk, come on. Take Don't worry. Come on, baby. Come on. Get back! Get back with you! Get this piece of out of here! Get this car out of here! Get out of here! No matter what, you stupid bastard! Get out of here! Stay out of my life, Hogan! Stay out of my life, Hogan! So it looks like that Vince wanted to bury the hatchet with Hulk Hogan. He shakes his hand, but after shaking his hand, he fires him. And the best little bit about that entire segment was his little Nicky son sat in the car going, Get in the car, Dad! Come on, Dad! So Hulk Hogan is fired, gone kaput by Sia. As we move on to the next episode of Monday Night Raw slash Nitro. It is April the 7th, 2003. We are in the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our opening match was Trish Stratus against Jazz for the women's title. Uh, Trish getting the victory after a bit of controversy as she got the bulldog, but Jazz's foot was on the bottom rope. Uh, not that anyone in the crowd really cared for some reason, um, but these, these two continue to work well together. Uh, not that it seems to anybody in any arena that any match is going on between these two really gives a crap. Uh, meanwhile, The Rock arrives and he grips to Bischoff about this big night being ruined by Goldberg. And Goldberg's name being mentioned gets the very lack of pop, um, especially after last week. Uh, the crowd was chanting his name halfway through the interview. It seemed like a week's come, come and gone and it's like, well, Goldberg's here now. But the crowd, they just didn't seem to care. Well, they didn't seem to care as much as I thought they would anyway. Um, we get Jazz. Uh, she joins Team Kill the White Man, joining her hubby, Rodney Mack. Um, so now Team, team Teddy Long, Team Black Power... As one person stronger. And, and then Jeff Hardy gets the storyline of sorts. Um, the Rock, he puts the moves on Trish. But he gets the evil eye from Jeff Hardy. So it's a match tonight. Aloha, Mama. Congratulations. Thanks. Absolutely. You doing all right? You all right? You yeah. live all right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. We look all, you, you're all sweaty and wet. So match. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know you just had a match. But let The Rock ask you a question. You, um, you, uh... You sweaty and wet because you just had a match. You sweaty and wet because you've been thinking all day about a night with the Rock. Yeah, baby. No, I I just had a match. That's what I was thinking about. The match. Ah, no, 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 no. You don't think so? A little shootle. Easy, big fella. <laughs> no, no. No, no I wasn't. Wasn't thinking that, but not at all. No. Nope. Oh, hey. Keep your eyes on the rock. What are you looking at? There ain't nobody you want to look at the more finer than the rock. You know that, baby. A fine line delivered by the rock. He looks at Trish and says, you look very sweaty and wet. Is that because you've had a match? Or is that because you've been up all night thinking about a night with the rock? <laughs> Fucking rocky. We get Chief Mauler defeats Rob Van Dam in around five minutes. He gets the win with the DDT, but the, the, Rob Van Dam looks severely disinterested in this match. Um, or high, I don't know. And we got Scott Steiner versus Nowinski with the rematch that doesn't even start as uh, Scott Steiner beats him down and then fucks off. Ah, uh, Mr. Steiner, please take your seat firmly in the mid-card. Uh, Christian, he bugs Rock for an autograph uh, for his friend, who is also named Christian. Uh, Rock gives him some acting advice, and Christian decides to become born again. Uh, you know that pun would appear sooner or later. And then we get The Rock versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, Jeff Hardy, he mocks The Rock with a really, really bad people's elbow. The Rock gets the win with The Rock bottom. Uh, but that begs the question, now where does Jeff Hardy go to have sex with Trish Stratus? That's where Jeff Hardy goes. Uh, Rock disposes of Jeff and calls out Goldberg. 
So apparently Rock Goldberg is now the biggest match of all time, having surpassed Rock Hogan before even happening. Uh, Rock decides to decline the match, however. Goldberg takes his anger out on Christian, but a sneak attack by The Rock has absolutely no effect whatsoever. You then get the Dudleys, they defeat Kane in a 2-on-1 handicap match. Uh, they get the win with the 3D. After the match, RVD tries to make the save, but gets beat down with the help of Lance Storm. And Devon, who for the last few weeks, he's been a bit, I don't know, a bit conscious about playing the heel. Um, he seems to forget about this, uh, and he pounds on Rob with a chair for good measure. Eric Bischoff drives into the arena in the Stone Cold pickup, thus annoying JR. Uh, speaking of Bischoff, shouldn't he be fired by now? I mean, like, if, think about it, right? He was originally hired to shake up Raw, and he failed to do that, according to Vince. So then he was rehired on the promise of bringing Austin back. But now Austin's been fired. Well, anyway, Bischoff, he calls out JR for his comments. Um, we've gone round this block already. Are we going to have another match, maybe? But JR quits as a result. I say let The Rock take over as commentary. I think The Rock on commentary would be fucking gold. Comedy gold. See, Steve, I know you're watching at home, and I just want you to know that I miss you. Right. Really. I do. I, I really miss you. And you know what I miss most about you, Steve? I miss that look on your face last week when I said, Steve Austin, you're fired. I told you you enjoyed it. Look at him. He's still smiling. And you know what the kicker is? Is I had no choice but to fire you. A washed up, pathetic has-been who is trying to keep his medical condition a secret. Wow. See, the bottom line is, <laughs> no pun intended, Steve Austin, you're a liability every time you stepped into that ring, and I just could not afford to take the risk. Well, now, not everybody agreed with my decision last week. Did they, JR? In fact, good old JR even had a few things to, uh, Say about it. Easy, easy, sit, sit down. So, JR, why don't you get your stone cold Steve Austin loving ass on up here? If you got something to say to me, say it to my face like a man. Because for the, Eric Bischoff has done the worst thing that any human being, he has, he has robbed Austin of his dreams, of his livelihood. And let me say this and understand what I'm telling you. And I'm on record for this. Eric Bischoff is a no good, lousy son of a hey, bitch. Hey, hey, hey! That's yeah. exactly what he is. And how he got Austin's records, I'll never know. But he's a no good bastard for what he did, for taking Austin right out of the ball game for medical reasons. He's ruined his dreams. He couldn't beat him. He can't find anybody to beat him. And this is what he's done. And he ought to burn in hell for it. So, JR, if you've got something to say to me, step on up and say it like a man, face to face, right here. Just stay here, stay here. Don't, 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 JR, don't. Stay here. Oh. Oh. Keep 
your cool, JR. Just don't. Oh, man. Just take it like a man, JR. Easy. Well, what do you have to say for yourself, JR? Before you do what you got to do, you mind if I uh, say something in defense of myself? Oh, good, well, good, good. JR, good. go ahead. I, let, let me hear you grovel, JR. Well, just apologize. Apologize. About what I said last week, I meant every word of it. Oh, no. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! And you can take this job and shove it. Wait a minute. Because I quit. Wait a minute. We then get Goldust defeat Stephen Richards in around two and a half minutes. And then we get a promo from two random French guys. Bonjour, je m'appelle Henri Dupré. Et moi, Sylvain Grenier. We are coming to WWE to teach you Americans a lesson. It seems we have a history of dominating and destroying cultures and nations that don't buy into your propaganda. Well, it's not going to work with us. There is no reason why you should fear us just because we have different points of view. Our wealth of culture should not intimidate you. We'll learn to accept what you don't understand. N'ayez pas peur. Don't be afraid. So it's Vince's referee and some other guy. It looks like we now have the Rougeos 2.0. The stereotypical French are coming to the WWE. And our next match is Booker T and Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho and Triple H. It's WrestleMania versus WrestleMania. We cut to a limo arriving in the parking lot as we go to the advert break. Booker T gets the victory for his team and it was nice of Triple H to put Booker over in a meaningless tag match and get the clean win at WrestleMania when, you know, things count. We get a big heel beatdown that follows the match. And when all seems hopeless, Hurricane tries to save and gets creamed. But then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it is none other than Big Sexy Kevin Nash. The numbers are too much in a hurricane. Make it fly! Through that middle, middle rope, and Chris Jericho and Triple H again, and Ric Flair. And, uh oh, the face of Shawn Michaels busted wide open. purpose 
The sledgehammer! Triple H and the sledgehammer! King, these two used to be best of friends. They were as tight as tight could be. But look at this now. Look at those faces. Look at those looks. Well, Triple H taking a couple of steps backwards, dropping that sledgehammer. And Triple Wait, H apparently tonight doesn't want a piece of Kevin Nash. But King, why is Kevin Nash come back tonight? I have no idea. What is he doing here? But look what he did here. After everything that's happened tonight, who knows what's going to happen next week in Richmond. Kevin Nash is back. Good night, everybody. So in the space of a fortnight, we've had Goldberg and Nash. I just wish they'd sign like Luger and Sting and just get this little WCW phase out of their system. You'd think they would have had enough with the whole invasion stuff, but hey-ho. Moving on to SmackDown. So it is the April the 10th, 2003 edition of SmackDown, presented from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Our opening match is Brock Lesnar versus Matt Hardy. With Brock Lesnar getting the victory with the F5 in around three and a half minutes. It was kind of brisk, but the fans clearly bought Matt as more... as a lot more than job bait. Um, but I just think it shows that he's almost ready for something more. Hopefully that he'll get it. Probably won't. But I think this keep jobbing to Brock Lesnar all the time. And then calling him out. And then calling him out. And calling him out. We've put the Cruiserweight title on Matt Hardy for a reason. I want to start seeing Matt Hardy have some good Cruiserweight matches. We get a lengthy video summarising the exciting Hulk Hogan. We get a lengthy video summarising the exciting Vincent Hogan confrontation from last week. Even though he's not really anything to summarise, apparently, for Hogan. It's not about the money. It's not about the performance. They're like picking up a hooker then claiming it's just for the conversation. Besides, how many matches has he wrestled since coming back? Two? Brilliant, Hogan. We're going to miss you so much. We get Tory Wilson and Brian Kendrick versus Jamie Noble and Nidia. Uh, Nidia hits Noble by mistake and Tory gets a move that vaguely resembles a DDT for the pin in five and a half minutes. And it is our number one contendership semi-final. We have got Chris Benoit versus Rhino. Uh, Benoit goes for the cross face to no avail and, get, and can't get the Germans in either. And back to the cross face and finally a backslide finishes at around eight minutes. Elsewhere, Sable, she finds Tori Wilson in the shower. Tori! Uh, I, I, I'm in the shower. It's okay, honey. It's just me, Sable. I just wanted to stop by and tell you how much I enjoyed your match tonight. You know, you were a one terrific athlete. Oh, and congratulations. I hear that your Playboy is selling almost as well as mine. Uh, thanks. Uh, excuse me, have you seen my towel? Yes. I have it right here. Come and get it. So she finds Tori in the shower and steals a towel so that she can see her naked. We've got bad lesbian porn for the elderly, made by the elderly. Um, it just kind of shows how old Vince is getting. Um, which is, and it's just weird because Mark Merrow, she's still with Mark Merrow at this time. Um, and he can be a thoroughly useful upper mid-card guy and could probably use his name to make some stars that are a bit green in OVW a bit better. But Vince is more interested in using his wife to fulfill his fantasy about lesbians. And then it is time for our Piper's Pit segment with special guest Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And my God, these two, they just shoot at each other for literally 10 minutes. I'll give you credit for having something to do with creating Piper's Pit. But uh, it seems to me that lately you've created something else. What, what the hell is this, man? What the hell is that? Is this Piper's Pit or Piper's Paunch? 
Uh, uh, the last time I saw Billy that size, Mae Young was nine months pregnant. <laughs> and she had a hand. Looks like you're working on twins. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys want to know what's underneath the Scotsman's kilt? In Roddy's case, it's just an overhanging flap. <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. No. I'm just ribbing you here. But I got to say, you look like you... You've been to hell in a handbasket, man. Look at you look horrible. I mean, well, maybe not hell in a handbasket, maybe hell in a, a breadbasket. Vince, he makes fun of Piper's flab with some pretty funny shots. And he offers to let Piper join the Kiss My Ass Club. Uh, Piper fires back by talking about Vince's failed rock promotion deals, the WBF, the XFL, and how Vince got his job by living off his father's name. But they do agree on hating Hulk Hogan. Uh, Piper makes an offhand remark about Vince cutting his interviews off whenever he'd talk about Hogan's bald head. Um, Hogan's hairline was absolute no-no in the 80s for heels. They could not talk about Hulk Hogan, the fact that he was, he was receding for about 10. Piper closes by noting that Vince did something he never did. He lost to Hogan 1-2-3. Um, so, uncensored 97 never happened then, Roddy, no? Uh, Rikishi then interrupts carrying a coconut. He's here to avenge Jimmy Snooker. A bit about 20 years too late. But Sean O'Hare saves Piper from such vengeance by attacking Rikishi and laying him out of a chair. Uh, Piper adds a coconut to the head. This Piper's pit nostalgia stuff was an absolute fucking waste of time. But if they can use Roddy Piper's name, as I've said, to transfer the rub onto O'Hare, then they may potentially have something in their hands. We get another promo for the evil French, and this year so far we've had evil Mexicans, evil Samoans, evil Italians, evil homosexuals, evil Canadians twice. Um, but this ethnic combination, I'm sure Vince is going to draw the crowds. Our next match is a non-title match of Team Angle versus Tajiri and Rey Mysterio. Obviously last week Tajiri was with Funaki, he's ditched the Jap for the Mexican. Tajiri sets up a 619 for Ray and a springboard leg drop finishes it at 4 minutes 44. And quite the upset for Ray Mysterio and Tajiri over your tag champions. And up next, it is Nathan Jones versus Bill DeMott, the master of the big boot against the master of the potato. Uh, DeMott walks into a big boot on his way back in and gets pinned in 1 minute 20. Basically, Bill DeMott got thrown outside and he came back into the ring and actually walked, just walked up to Nathan Jones who had his boot up in the air. And yeah, he just headbutted his boot and fell back and one, two, three. Nathan Jones, I cannot wait for you to fuck off. Elsewhere, the FBI, they call in security to inform them that a cash and laptop have been stolen from their locker room. Hmm, suspicions. Elsewhere, the cops question Nathan Jones. Now, just because he's a convict, yeah, an ex-convict, so the cops instantly question Nathan Jones. One oh, at a time. God, I spat, I spat. Let me explain to you. I'm sorry, officer, we're a little excited what happened. The three of us were hungry, right? So we all went around the corner to get a little something to eat. I had the chicken palm, he had the meatball palm, he had the eggplant palm. Oh, right? hold on. I had the Cavatis, the Cavatis. Well, it doesn't matter what he had, that's not important. What's important is, when we got back, I started rummaging through my bag, yeah, and all of a bad. sudden, $1,200, gone. It's missing, I don't understand. Oh, not only that, Cadillac butt buckle. Two, three, it's four, the, maybe uh, $500, cash. Done, uh, gone. Not for nothing, I had a, um... Laptop, yeah, I had a laptop in there. A laptop? Laptop. No, whatever, that doesn't matter. What's important is the 1,200 beans. We need to do something about this. 1,200 beans, missing. You guys have any idea who might have done this? I think we got a pretty good idea who might have done this. I think so, yeah. 
I think I got a good idea. Some accusations made against you in a report. We need you to come with us downtown just, just to be questioned. You're not, you're not under arrest at this point. We just need you to come downtown with us just for questioning. Was this sort of, some sort of joke or something? No, it's not a joke, sir. There's been a report made. Accusations have been made against you, and we oh, have to get this straightened out. What's going on here, man? Why are you questioning him? What, you're going to go to him first? What, because he did time? Is that what it is? No, it's the man be... paid his debt to society. All right, hang on, sir. He's not under arrest. We'd just like him to come down with us so we can answer some questions. Why him? There's just been an accusation made. We're just going to investigate it and try and get to the bottom of it. See, this is just another example. Just come with us, please. Hmm. But the Undertaker, he fights for his rights, but not very hard, of course. And it is our world title semi-final. It is The Undertaker versus John Cena. Um, Chuck Palumbo of the FBI uses a chair to KO The Undertaker. And Cena crawls over for a pin and for the victory in 14 minutes and 56. Now, this puts the focus for me on stale Undertaker and his stale mid-card feud with the ethnic side drains of the FBI. Um, plus, it basically makes Cena look like somebody who's ready for his prime when he's not. And someone that can hang with the big dogs when he's not. The Undertaker should have won this match. Plus, he took a chain, a chair, a ref bump, and three guys running in to Cena to even to get a fluke victory over Taker. Which, of course, Taker immediately shook off as well. So, let alone say he got any offensive moves in. Now, I suspect they're heading their bets on Cena. And he'll now go with Benoit at Backlash. But, you just don't know. With, with this booking on SmackDown at the minute, you really don't know. The main event should have been Eddie and Benoit. Simple as, and the winner goes on for Brock, but... Can you do? The FBI like a pack of wolves. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Flash bolt just went off. Nathan Jones. He's been taken out of the building. The FBI. They got Nathan Jones up for taking his protege out of the building. He's going to beat the hell out of him. Look at this. Referee Mike Kiyota is still out from getting nailed by the Undertaker accidentally. The full-blooded Italians did the damage, and now they're running to dodge. And John Cena is crawling. Cena is crawling toward a, a cover. The referee, Mike Cena, back in the ring. Cena, Cena wants to pick up the scraps. Cole, Undertaker's down and out. Cena, Cena in the cover. Cena's going to steal this damn match. Cena's going to steal the match. Oh, no. Those damn... So we move on then to our next episode of Monday Night Raw is April the 14th, 2003. We are at the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. Big sexy Kevin Nash starts the show coming out for an interview. It's about the only thing he can do without injuring himself these days. And basically, long story short, Shawn Michaels comes out, Triple H comes out. I love you, Kevin. No, I love you, Kevin. No, I love you, Kevin. And you have Nash who looks visibly upset. And Shawn Michaels tries to tell him to pick his side. Triple H says pick his side. The Triple H and Michael's trying to fight each other, and Nash is just in the middle, he just wants everyone to play along quite nice. He's got something to say, and I can assure you everybody's going to be listening. He looks to be in great shape too, King. Nine months is a long time, but God, I'm glad to be back. And at the same time, I'm not so glad to be back. Nine months ago, I go down with an injury. Triple H is there when they get operated on the next day. Triple H and Shawn Michaels call me a couple times a week. So I'm watching Raw while I'm rehabbing, and these two idiots are trying to kill each other. 
I mean, we're best friends. These guys are trying to kill each other. So I bust my ass so I can come back here and be with my buddies and do it one more time. That's, well, that's great to hear. He wants to do it one more time. Yeah, he may, but what about Sean and Triple H? So what happens? What happens, huh? Oh, I come back. I come back. They're at it again. Sean's in the corner, handcuffed. Hunter's got a sledgehammer, and I'm right the hell in the middle of it. What happened? What happened when we used to go down the road, guys? Best friends. Hey, when we make it to the top, we stay together. Nothing can stop us. What happened to that? I don't give a damn about Bischoff. He can make all the matches he wants to make. He can't decide who's friends or who. You guys are my friends. We got to get this together. Uh-oh. understanding and I tried to call you. Did you get my messages this week? I got your messages. But uh, Kev, let me just explain something before we get going here. I understand where you're coming from and I appreciate the gesture, but you got to know something, man. It ain't never going to be over between me and Shawn Michaels. Uh-oh. All right, we aren't going to bury the hatchet. We're not going to be friends again. I can't stand him. Shawn Michaels could walk down to this ring, get on his knees, bend over, pucker up, and kiss me on the ass, and it ain't gonna make a bit of difference. Oh my gosh. I know you don't like it. I would just assume slap Shawn in the face and shake his hand. Hey, Kev, you... This early. Oh, look at that. Look at this. He's going to get right in the face of Triple H. Well, here we go. Shawn Michaels. Come on, come on. You want to slap me in the face? Come on. I got news for you, Kevin. Everything he's saying is right. We are never going to bury the hatchet. He's a lying, manipulative piece of trash. And everybody in this business knows it. And I know it. And you're so full of crap. I'll hey, tell you hey, what. Hey, this hey, is a Stop it. Whoa. Stop it. I've had it. <laughs> 
just get along? No, Kev, no, we can't just get along. See, that's it. Now listen, I understand this is a tough spot for you, man. I understand that, but this is the way the cards have been dealt. So now you gotta deal with them. You've gotta make a choice. It's either him or me. Whoa, uh -oh. why's it gotta be that? Listen, now listen, you go one way or you go the other, but understand this, at least I'll shoot straight with you, man. I'll look you in the eye and I'll tell you exactly how it is. You come with me, you stand one step behind me. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Understand this. Whether anybody likes it or not, I'm the man around here. Well, he is the champion. I am the leader. I am the general. I call the shots. That's the way it works. But you understand this. At least I'm shooting straight with you. At least I'm looking you in the eye and I'm telling you face to face like a man. You choose him, you're not gonna know anything. Oh sure, Sean's gonna tell you, you guys are friends, you guys are tight, you're a bunch of buds. But behind your back, just like always, Shawn Michaels is gonna be undercutting you. Shawn Michaels, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yes, no. yes, Shawn Michaels is gonna be stealing your spotlight. Shawn Michaels is gonna be stealing your thunder. He can't help it, Kev. That's what he does. He's a heartbreak kid. He's Shawn Michaels. That's what he does. Now understand this. You've got two choices. One choice. You come with me. Here these fans, they're, they're chanting HBK. We know what they want. Hold on. Don't let these idiots sway your mind. Uh-oh. All right. Realize something, Kev. We've been through a lot together. You come with me. Man, we're unstoppable. It will be us against the world. I'm not gonna tell you what you're chanting now. Pretty obvious, and it, it almost looks like uh, Kevin Nash is mulling this offer over. Well, why should Kev, if you go with Sean, If you go with Sean, then you become part of the world that I am against. King, I would not want to be in Kevin Nash's position. A tough, tough decision to make. Like you said, these And three think about one last thing, Kevin. Think about one last thing, and you think about this long, and you think about it hard, because you know better than anybody, except maybe me. The most success that you've ever had in your career, and the most success I've ever had in my career, came when we walked away from Shawn Michaels. Wow. Well, if you don't agree with anything else, 
he brings up a good point, King. Well, it, Triple H took out, so did Kevin Nash. And you're right, it's true. Oh, look at the look there. It's going to be a tough decision. Oh. Meanwhile, we go backstage and Stacey, she finds Tester's porn stash. Wait a second. Oh! got a tough spot. There she is, Stacey oh. Keebler. What's she doing? Looks like she's in a locker room, but doesn't look like the women's, though. Uh-oh. What is this? Ew. distracting you because obviously you're getting distracted by Tori. Oh my I'm so sick of this. Like look at this, Stacy. Big deal. Tori's in Playboy. She's hot. She looks good. But so do you, baby. Like look at Tori's legs. They're okay. Little stumpy. Not bad. But baby, look at yours. Look at those gams. They're off the hook. They don't get any better than that. Look at Tori's face. Like, come on, you know how much airbrushing time probably went into that? And baby, look at your face. It's beautiful. Naturally, Stacy, you really are so beautiful. And then look at Tori's cans. They're, well, they're big. They're really big. And yours are, well. Come on, baby. Two out of three ain't bad. Now, if Stacey really loved Test, she'd make her own porn movie for him so he wouldn't have to wank himself off to Tori's magazine. So our next match is Test against Chris Jericho. Now, note that although Jericho's in the six-man main event for Backlash, it's Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Nash love triangle that's getting top billing. And it obviously sets up the longer way of Triple H and Nash showdown a bit further down the line. Uh, but Test, he gets distracted and the Lion Salt finishes the match at six and a half minutes. Um, the match was a bit all over the place and Test, he got so injured by the finisher that he popped right back up and yelled at Stacey. He also snaps and beats up a fan at ringside, which is just another angle that we really don't need. Uh, meanwhile, we go backstage and Gold Dust and Goldberg have a meeting of the minds. Yes. Excuse me, Mr. Goldberg. Mm -hmm. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Someone is here to see you. To see me? Yes, sir. Who might that be? Uh, he claims to be a relative of yours. A relative of mine? Yes, sir. Send him in. I gotta call you back, man. Mr. Goldberg, you Oh, thank you, thank you. Wow! What is it? Gold dust. Finally! Goldberg! We meet. Goldberg. How you doing, brother? Gold dust. <laughs> Big happy golden family. Wow. Now, The Rock's not here yet, but I want to welcome you. Be the first one to we welcome you to the WWE. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, the, comp the company, you know. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And, uh, well, thank you. Uh, I have a gift for you, too. A gift for me? Yes. What might that be? You being here, and it's really a privilege and an honor, too. Ah! Now, what is God's name? What am I going to do with that thing? Well, if, you know, um, if you bear with me, did you, just a little bit, and don't, don't, don't mind, put it on your head if, if it's okay. <laughs> yeah, damn, that looks good. Like twins. Yeah. You know, look, it's good, huh? Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, I appreciate it very much. I really do. Thanks for the gesture. Oh, no, no problem. 
But I gotta tell you, man, this thing looks a hell of a lot better on you than it does me. So no offense. Really, no offense, but I gotta give that back to you, man. Oh, one more thing. Please, don't ever put that on my head again, okay? I appreciate it, okay? Okay, sorry. Oh my God, I saw my pants. Gotta change them. Uncle Eric, he comes out to Austin's music, but obviously Austin is still gone. Eric shills some Austin merchandise to make up for his absence, then he drags on until Booker interrupts and asks for a title match tonight. And it is our Raw Tag Team titles of RVD and Kane versus Chief Morley and Lance Storm. Now, this is no DQ, so the odds on the DQ finish are around 50-50. Uh, the finish did come, though, when Kane chokes Lance Storm and Rod Van Dam finished off with the Van Terminator in 15 minutes. That was quite long. The Rock, he does a pre-taped segment live from Hollywood where he shows off his new guitar and announces Rock Concert 2 for next week. Fuck yeah. And up next is Christian versus Goldust. Goldust's new buddy Goldberg hits the ring and Jack hammers him. The problem with this, right, that I have with Goldberg's push is, and now I'll state this again, the assumption seems that there's a huge audience of former WCW fans who were just waiting for a reason to start watching Raw. Because certainly those who don't know who Goldberg is, we're not being given in a backstory, uh, there's no history to care about. Now, I'm not saying they should do like the other Invasion guys and bury everyone and make them pay their dues or whatever, but really Goldberg is three years out of the spotlight. And realistically, his entire fan base left when he ripped apart his arm in fucking 2000. And the common fan, it just doesn't care anymore. You can't just stick him out there, pretend like he's some big deal and every match that he enters is a dream match. Because he's no longer someone people are hungering to see. Now, if there was some sort of context here, and an actual reason for all these WCW signings, like an Invasion Angle, and again, I'm not saying this should be, I don't want to see Invasion Angle 2.0, but it might be worth a bit of money. But throwing WCW washouts into the main event, week after week after week, in hope of popping a rating, just on name value alone, and remember, these names didn't draw massively in WCW, which is why WCW fucking died, is absolute fucking ludicrous. And if things couldn't get any worse, we now get a debate between Chris Nowinski and Scott Steiner. Now, I'm almost feeling sorry for Steiner at this point. Uh, Nowinski says the same stuff as last week, and Steiner goes off on an idiotic tangent about 9-11 and how terrorism started the war. It was incredibly embarrassing to listen to, but fortunately, three-minute warning, they come out for the beatdown to end this horrendous segment. See, we as a country, we didn't start this thing. Terrorists started this. Terrorism started this. When they hijacked planes... Flew in the buildings on 9-11. Terrorism started this in Iraq has been known to harbor, finance, support, and even train terrorism. They started it. Terrorism started, not us. Terrorism drew first blood on 9-11, and you can bet your sweet ass we're going to get even, and we're going to finish it. Americans, men and women, who are fighting for our freedom, making the ultimate sacrifice. They're the real heroes, and I support them. So you, the Dixie Chicks, all those Hollywood numbnuts, that don't support our troops, can go straight to hell. Just don't let 
the, the door hits you in the ass on the way out because we ain't gonna miss you. Well, I've tried to tell you and give you a fair warning that your views are wrong. But apparently, the only kind of view that you understand, the only warning you understand, is one that takes about three minutes. Well, then we get our main event. It's Booker T and Hurricane versus Triple H and Ric Flair. Uh, Flair goes for the figure four on the Hurricane, but Shaw makes an appearance and super kicks him, giving Hurricane the victory in six minutes and 44. Absolutely bizarre booking. Uh, the match was decent. Triple H pedigrees Hurricane afterwards and the heels go to work on Sean. But Nash makes the save. Slowly may I add, but he makes the save. However, the faces accidentally hit each other. Obviously stirring a bit of controversy as Raw goes off the air. Moving on then to SmackDown. It's the 17th of April. We are at the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. The opening match of the night is Rey Mysterio and Tajiri versus Big Show and A-Train. Now, I'm not really sure of the point of booking Rey and Tajiri strong against the champs one week and then sticking them with these two monsters the week after. Uh, A-Train, he finishes Tajiri with his own big kick in six minutes, which was really just an extended squash match, but Rey gets a ring post 619 on show afterwards. Brock joins us for an interview. Um, he gives out a rather dull explanation of how great Angle is and why he had to pull out the shooting star press to win the match at WrestleMania. Uh, Cena thankfully interrupts and demands some respect. He calls Brock a liar because you need a brain to suffer a concussion. Apparently Cena is the new big thing and bigger than Lesnar. The interruption is then interrupted again as Chris Benoit comes out and points out that Cena has to get through him before he can worry about Brock. They all agree to respect each other for the moment and then Cena lays out Benoit when his back is turned. There's a change in the air, Brock. There's a new one hit wonder in town. Brock Lesnar. Cause in Backlash, you gonna find out that John Cena is bigger than Brock Lesnar. You gonna find out that John Cena is bigger than these people. You gonna find out John Cena is bigger than that WWE title. You gonna find out, Johnson. John Cena forgot about somebody. <laughs> John Cena's gotta get through Chris Benoit tonight before he has any shot at Lesnar. You know what your damn problem is, Cena? Your problem is you ignore the obvious. You come out here talking about respect. Respect? You have any damn idea what respect means? Do you? Why don't you respect this before you even think of facing Brock Lesnar at Backlash? You better worry about going through me, the Wolverine, the best damn technical wrestler in the world. Tonight. And just so you know, not you, not even me, no one is bigger than the title. You respect the championship. Hey, even. Hey. hey, Chris, are you saying you don't respect me? Uh-oh. Did you hear me say I didn't respect you? I never said I didn't respect you, just, unless you 
are saying you don't respect me. Hey, yo, 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 chill. Y'all better show me some respect up in this piece right now. I got a better idea, boys. Why don't we all agree on respecting whoever wins out of both of you tonight? Lesnar will meet one of these men at Backlash for the title. Will it be Cena or Benoit? They meet later on tonight. Oh, and look at Cena! A cheap shot! A blindside attack on Benoit! Well, Cole, you call a cheap shot. I call John Cena seizing the opportunity. Well, that ball was not designed to hurt Benoit, but to send a message. And then we get a promo. Mr. America is coming. Hmm. I wonder who that is. Up next is Eddie Guerrero versus Jamie Noble. Eddie gets the win with a frog splash in around two minutes. And now we get another generic evil French team promo. Although they still don't have a name. And it, but even Taz makes a subtle jab at all the ethnic stereotyping going on at the minute. Elsewhere, Sable, she's still trying to put the moves on Tori and looks for help in undoing her zip. But when Sable does turn around, however, we get a look at her aging, muscled body. Vince, come on, she's old and rapidly becoming gross now thanks to Botox and whatever the hell she's doing to maintain that physique. Way past her age. Um, Vince, no, stop it with all this Sable. More Tory, more Tory, less Sable. And it's time for this week's Piper's Pit. He starts with a ramble against the internet and we get a replay of the snooker coconut incident from 1984. He introduces Sean O'Hara's new prodigy because together they can celebrate evil. I never really thought of Piper as evil so much as like more like senile and deluded. But for the purposes of storyline, they can do it in a pinch. Jimmy Snooker then interrupts. Jimmy Snooker interrupts. It's like walking with the fucking dinosaurs. Seriously, though, this is getting ridiculous. Rose marching out all these WCW dudes, and SmackDown's now marching out all these burned-out old farts every week. It's going to drive viewers away, I promise you. Snooker's already had about 15 different comebacks. During, since the, we've started doing this, I think he popped up on Raw a couple of times. I think it's three-minute warning have battered him at some point. But all these nostalgia appearances in the last decade, and what's he really left to offer? Piper says he just wants to bury the coconut and hatchet. Uh, the, it's like two crazy old men being put on stage with scripts. The end result of all this is basically Sean and Roddy laying out Rikishi. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention, Rikishi gets involved in there too. And then it leads to Rikishi challenging Piper for a match next week. Now, all this, all this terrible bad crap has resulted in Roddy Piper versus Rikishi next week. Fucking brilliant. And we get Tori Wilson versus Nidia with Sable as your guest referee. Tori gets the win with a DDT in around two minutes. And ask for it, and sometimes WWE will deliver. We get Matt Hardy in Cruiserweight action against Brian Kedrick. Slash bread number two is rather easily counted into the twist of fate for the pinfall in three minutes. Michael Coley tries putting over how hard Kedrick tried, but he's going up against Matt Hardy, who's basically been portrayed as a dipshit for weeks now, and gets a clean win in three minutes, so... It's not exactly like he went out there and won a WWE title at WrestleMania or anything, is it? We got Nunzio versus Nathan Jones in an absolute dire affair that didn't even last a minute until the FBI run down. And it is time for the finals of the number one contenders tournament. It's John Cena versus Benoit. Cena takes a bit of a verbal low blow at Benoit in his pre-match rap. He calls Chris a dynamite ripoff, and I can guarantee he's going to get chopped extra hard for that comment alone. 
Um, a couple of German suplexes at the end, and he tries again, but it's reversed into the Death Valley driver. But Benoit rolls through, but Cena counters by hooking the legs for the pin in 13 or so minutes. And John Cena is now going to go on to face Brock. I would have much rather seen Benoit against Lesnar, but hey ho, we're going to get Cena. Overall, that was a terrible show. Um, Roddy Piper and Sable don't count as star power. The main event wasn't bad, but the mid-card is just clogged up with so many actively terrible storylines to wrestlers. Piper, Sable, Rikishi, Big Show, Nathan Jones, FBI, the list goes on. SmackDown's terrible. SmackDown needs to improve and improve fast. Anyway, on to Monday Night Raw as we get ever so close to our next pay-per-view backlash. Now get the guns, the drugs from my generation. So it is the final row before Backlash. It's the 21st of April. We cut backstage straight away with Ric Flair and Nate Bischoff, who named Shawn Michaels a special guest referee for Booker T's world title match tonight. You can smell the screw job miles away already. And that opening match is Chris Jericho versus Hurricane. Jericho's finally had a shave, and he doesn't look like a tramp no more, thank God. Uh, Jericho grabs the ref for leverage and rolls Hurricane into the walls, and that's it at 5.59, which was a decent enough match to kick off the show as Hurricane's push continues by jobbing to yet another top star. Uh, Ric Flair attacks Hurricane as we desperately search for someone to put this poor motherfucker over. Meanwhile, The Rock, we see him arriving backstage, guitar in hand, ready for Rock Concert 2. And Booker T and Sean, they're backstage working out their differences, but Booker T suddenly remembers that Sean turned heel on him a year earlier with the whole NWO fiasco. Jonathan Coachman, he brings out Lita for an interview. Uh, she's about to announce her return, but Bischoff interrupts. He makes some lewd remarks to her and then points out that she's basically worthless until she can come back. So he suggests a Playboy spread for her in the meantime, which she gets all offended about. Then he wants a private audition, but she walks out on him and gets fired. So who could be possibly sitting at home thinking that this was even remotely entertaining? Lita can't act at all. Bischoff suddenly turned really creepy and lecherous and... It's, yeah, that was brilliant, great segment. It's fucking, what's worse at minute, Raw or Smackdown? See, what if, what if perhaps Lita could get the same kind of PR for Raw that Tori Wilson got for Smackdown in Playboy? Hey, now wait a minute. What do you think of that? What do I think of that? Look, I think it is great that Tori Wilson made the decision to be in Playboy. I think it's great that she chose to be on the cover, all the success that goes along with that. And Eric, if I want to be in Playboy, then I'll be in Playboy. Whoa! Is she saying... But on my own terms, not because my boss forced me to be... Forced you? No, 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 no. Lita, Lita, Lita. Don't get me wrong. Eric Bischoff would never force anybody to do anything that they didn't want to do. And then again, there's another problem. See, how can I offer to have you close nude for Playboy if I haven't even seen the goods myself? Oh, man, what the hell is this, King? I don't know. You guys all want to see Lena in Playboy? Well, yeah. I'd like to see that. So why don't we solve that problem? Perhaps after the show, you step on over to my hotel, give Mr. Bischoff 
private audition. What do you think? Well, no, 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 before you answer, why don't you give me a really, really good reason to make the pitch to Playboy? Eric. No, 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 Lita, before you answer, why don't you think about giving me every reason to keep you on the payroll. Oh, you know what, this is getting a little uncomfortable. It's a lot uncomfortable. Look, Eric, Mr. Bischoff, since you put it to me that way, go to hell. What? Whoa. Go to hell? Go to hell? Who do you think you are? You don't walk out on Eric Bischoff. You walk out on Eric Bischoff, you will never come back to Raw. You will never come back to Heat. You don't believe me? You ask Stone Cold Steve Austin. You ask good old JR. You walk out of here, you're history. Come on, you, oh, you made up your mind. Lena, you're fired. What? Three minute warning versus testing Scott Steiner is our next match. Very bizarre ending. Scott Steiner, he tags himself in despite being in the neutral corner and finishes Jamal with an inverted DDT at around three minutes. And then it is time for Rock Concert 2. The announcers would have us believe that the crowd is chanting for Goldberg rather than cheering wildly for The Rock, which is exactly what they're doing. He starts with a little Goldberg on my mind. And when that fails to elicit the desired chance from the fans, he brings out none of a than fucking Dwayne Gill. Or otherwise known to those that remember the gimmick back in 1998. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the people's champ takes care of the people. Your hometown hero, Mr. Bill Goldberg. What? Is he serious? Eventually, the real Goldberg mercifully arrives to kill this segment. So The Rock calls out some security to protect him, or rather Gilberg, who The Rock suspects is in trouble for impersonating Goldberg for years and years. Goldberg, he plows through security, so The Rock bails as quickly as he can. Goldberg starts attacking the security guards and then goes after Gilberg. Finally, we finally get Goldberg versus Gilberg. What they were asking for, what nobody was asking for in the Attitude Era. But The Rock lays him out with The Rock Bottom in his hometown. I guess Vince McMahon won that argument. As Goldberg gets treated by, like, just another guy heading into a pay-per-view. Wait a minute. The Rock doesn't need security. The Rock doesn't need nobody. Let me tell you something. You are in so much trouble. <laughs> you all know you are. You've been making fun of Goldberg for years. You and Goldberg, he's going to come out and whip your ass. i tell you what. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Tell you what. Now, now listen. Now, listen. Listen. Don't touch, get your arm off The Rock. Check this out. Uh, there ain't no way. The Rock ain't gonna let nothing happen to you. You know that. The Rock bought you out here, paid you all kinds of money, I tell you what. And, and on top of all that, you know very well, Bill Goldberg doesn't have the balls to come out here and face The Rock, baby. You know. Uh -oh. Oh, yeah. 
back for a car chase but Goldberg's car stalls now I was thinking shoot or work but probably a shoot with their look at the minute because Goldberg runs after him on foot like who's next Goldberg's mechanic seriously it can't be a work because no one would be as stupid to deliberately have their megastar unable to even start his fucking car or would they remember Vince killed <laughs> Vince killed the competition up next is Spike Dudley and Trish Stratus versus the Dudley boys Bubba Powerbomb Spike and splashes Trish in the corner while Devon, he's a bit unsure. Uh, Morley's forced to get his own table while the Dudleys squabble, but Kane and RVD make the save and clean house. Now, where was Jeff Hardy to save Trish? That's all I'm asking. Uh, Jazz and Teddy Long take the opportunity to lay out Trish. No match, obviously. How any of this was supposed to make me want to see the tag title match on Sunday is beyond me. The Rocky comes back out for an encore, but Goldberg charges in again and tosses Rock out for some beatings. And back in where Christian runs in on the running and assists Rock in the beatdown. Uh, the Rock lays him out of a chair and beats the hell out of him. 
Now, you've got The Rock, who's leaving for Hollywood after the pay-per-view, and likely won't be back for the foreseeable future. And you've got Goldberg, who'll be going over and supposedly carrying the company over the summer at £3 million a year. And now, nobody in their right mind expects Rock to win the match, and nobody in their right mind is going to buy a pay-per-view on the premise that Goldberg is the underdog and needs to fight from behind to beat The Rock. You don't need to build up The Rock. You need to somehow convince the rapidly departing fans that they should care about Goldberg and that Goldberg isn't just another cookie-cutter main eventer. Uh, that ain't happening at the minute. We've had three months in a row now of The Rock facing off against random baby faces with no backstory or build-up and the exact same setup for every single opponent. It just doesn't make any sense. And it is time for our main event as we lead into Backlash. It is the World Heavyweight title. It is the King of the Burial Express, the King of Evolution, Triple H versus Booker T. With Shawn Michaels as your guest referee. Now, it's not Shawn Michaels refereeing unless he's wearing bicycle shorts. Jericho interferes towards the end and nails Booker T with the title belt. However, Shawn being fair, he won't make the count. But Shawn's that fair that he super kicks Triple H and counts to two. The match finally is over after Jericho and Ric Flair interfere and everything turns into a smaz. But guess who's left in the ring at the end of the show? Kevin Nash, Triple H, Shawn Michaels and their little soap opera. Booker T pushed to one side straight away. Um, it looks like he's running the main event. He's literally dead. Coach acts all shocked when Triple H attacks Nash from behind as though they're not enemies fighting each other on the pay-per-view or something. Um, it was a decent match but horrible finish to a horrible show as it ends the run of Raws as we lead up to Backlash. So let's move on then to our final episode of Smackdown before this Sunday's pay-per-view. It is the 24th of April. We are live from the Gaylord Entertainment Centre in Nashville, Tennessee. Our opening match is John Cena versus Rhino. Uh, the, the ending comes when Rhino goes to the goal, but he hits the knee and John Cena gets a god-awful roll-up for the victory in about four minutes. We get Nunzio versus Chris Benoit, and this comes about after we get a backstage segment where Chris Benoit is approached by the FBI who are not happy because they placed a bet on him last week to win, and he lost. Chris Benoit gets the victory after he reverses a flying armbar into the crossface for the win around four minutes. It wasn't the greatest of match from Benoit. He seems like he's quite off his game over the last few matches. He's, he's relying on a lot of chops, chops, chops. Uh, he sells throughout the match, hits a few Germans, then hits a crossface. Um, I don't know if it's... Benoit just needs to up his game a little bit when it comes to his in-ring, I think, at the minute. Uh, but that can be said for enough everybody on SmackDown. Um, elsewhere, we get Tajiri and Funaki. They watch the Big Show and Ray match like it was the funniest thing ever. Uh, show takes out his frustrations on a perfectly good TV and video player. Now, why would you waste money on doing that angle? This, that's just totally WCW. I know it's only like, going to be a few hundred quid or whatever, but you're just throwing money down the drain just by having him smash up a TV in the background. We then got Rey Mysterio versus Crash Holly. Uh, Crash is the newest MFA. Uh, so now we've got Shannon Moore, who is Matt Hardy's moron, and we've got Crash Holly, who is Shannon Moore's MFA. All right, okay, fair enough. Uh, Crash uses the old thumb to the eye, but runs into Shannon and falls victim to 619 and springboard leg drop in around four minutes. Um, it was nothing exciting and pretty useful, to be fair, since Matt doesn't even have a match on the pay-per-view and Rey's supposed to be involved with a big show. Elsewhere, John Cena shows A-Train a replay of the botch F5 from their last match, which was edited out of the actual broadcast at the time. Apparently, A-Train is upset about this. And up next, it is Rikishi versus Roddy Piper. And for those that were wondering, and those who do enjoy watching car crashes, Roddy Piper does remove his shirt before starting the match. My eyes, his pasty white skin, oh my eyes. Uh, he slugs Rikishi down for two, but Rikishi returns fire as Piper does a ludicrous oversell with punches. Uh, Taz, after the punches, hits his interesting statement of the week. Rikishi is in his prime. 
Now, the last I checked, Rikishi's prime was about 10 years ago and about 100 pounds ago. Uh, Piper looked to be stink-faced in short order, so O'Hara runs in for the DQ at about a minute and a half. Roddy Piper. Piper has found something in this kid, Sean O'Hara. O'Hara's in Sean O'Hara. He looks like a player, looks like the real deal. Put together, great flexibility. We'll find out this Sunday when these two men meet at Backlash. And O'Hare, look at oh, this. Power right here by O'Hare. Oh my God. Oh, the 350-pounder. Like a reverse Death Valley driver by Sean O'Hare. Very impressive. Rikishi will have his hands full Sunday at Backlash. That's for damn sure. Well, Piper shouting out instructions, coaching Sean O'Hare to lay out the big key. But can Piper save Sean O'Hare this Sunday at Batland? Piper saw something in Sean O'Hare. Piper took O'Hare under his wing. Oh, Piper teaching O'Hare the mind game. The new we then get the Sable Invitational Bikini Contest. Now, as you can probably guess, Sable's going to be the judge. Your contestants are Nydia and Dawn Marie, but Tori interrupts, and you know the drill here. Tori flirts with Sable and gives her a lap dance for reasons totally unclear. Since she's been firmly on the side of heterosexuality for the entire angle, however, Sable declares that the other two as co-winners, which I believe is the first time ever a heel has won one of these things. Uh, Shelton Benjamin versus Chavo Guerrero is up next. Chavo gets a roll-up, but Haas punches him over, and Benjamin gets the pin at six minutes. Uh, tons of communication problems here, but not not massively terrible or anything, just quite flat. Big Show and Tajiri is up next. Uh, Rey Mysterio makes his appearance. Uh, Big Show slowly chases him and stands there looking ages at the ring post. Wait, what seems like forever until Ray rams him into it, and Big Show's counted out. Uh, Big Show is his usual sluggish self. Um... It's, Big Show is not looking great. We've mentioned it in thorough detail in WrestleMania how big Big Show's getting, but he's just getting slower and he's just not looking great at the minute. Uh, granted, he's not been putting the greatest of feuds neither, um, especially at the current time of his feud with Rey Mysterio. We then get another video package for Mr. America, who's going to debut next week. But does anyone really care? Um, really, do they? Because we all know who it is, don't we, Mr. America? And it is time for our main event. It is Brock Lesnar versus A-Train with John Cena on colour commentating. F5 finishes at 10 minutes. As Cena runs in for a pointless DQ before the pin can even be completed. Well, we've got to protect that money-making machine, A-Train, haven't we? Um, what a terrible episode of SmackDown again. Uh, John Cena, he finishes it by laying out Brock, uh, which basically means he's got absolutely no chance on Sunday. Oh my, oh no, not this, not this. John Cena. 
an empire. John Cena sending a message to the WWE champion. The animal Lester has been wounded. You play a Cena looks good with that championship in his hand. But what's he got in mind? What's Cena got in mind? First it was the steel chain to the head of Lesnar. And now it could be that gold belt. That gold belt. Cena measuring up Lesnar, Cole. Oh, championship off the skull of the champion. But Lesnar has been busted open. Lesnar's eyes in that gaze. He don't know where he is, Brock Lesnar. Shades of WrestleMania when Brock missed that shoot star landed on his head. Lesnar grasping his championship. John Cena has shown no respect for the champion tonight. Will John Cena show Brock Lesnar respect Sunday at Backlash? Will we crown a new champion Sunday? Will that new champion's name be John Cena? Good night, everybody from Nashville. See you Sunday at Backlash. Meaningless. It was just a meaningless show. That show did nothing to make you want to buy Backlash. Absolutely nothing. Um, but that was another month of tapings. So, with SmackDown and Raw slash Nitro out of the way, let's take a look then at the card for this Sunday's Backlash pay-per-view. That we're all excited about because SmackDown's made sure that we're all aware that there's a pay-per-view this weekend. So Backlash will be coming to you on April 27th. So Backlash will be coming to you on April 27th from Worcester, Massachusetts. The confirmed card for this mammoth event is going to be Team Angle of Charlie Hassan, Shelton Benjamin against Los Guerreros for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Sean O'Hare will be going one-on-one -on -one with Rikishi. For the Raw Tag Titles, we get Kane and Rob Van Dam against the Dudley Boys. The, the WWE Women's title is on the line as Jazz goes up against Trish Stratus. Big show against Rey Mysterio. Brock Lesnar is, will be defending his WWE title against John Cena. We get the mammoth six-man match of Jericho, Flair and Triple H against Booker T, Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels. And in our main event, it will be Goldberg versus The Rock. But we will leave it there for episode 20. Thank you to every single one of you that took your time out to listen to me ramble on about some Raw and Smackdowns. But as I say, do not worry. Christian and Mike will be back for Backlash. But as always, guys, remember you can find us on all forms of social media. Simply search for RA Era Podcast. Until next time, I've been Dave. And until Backlash, peace out, people.